So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance UK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 9, Episode 9 of 90 Day Fiance. In this episode, Kara and Guillermo check out a wedding venue way outside their price range, Shida can't figure out how to use a scooter, Muhammad wants to keep Eve away from her friends, Jabri tries to figure out how his music career and Leona fit together, Emily extracts more money from mom and dad, leading to a talking to for Kobe, and John surprises Patrick and Thais with the most stressful party ever. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dances, and life lessons. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. All right, thanks for listening, stay safe, and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you? I'm not doing too bad. I'm back, back home on the East Coast. Got to sleep in my own bed, so that was nice. A change for the past two weeks. Oh, gosh. I think sleeping in my own bed actually caused my back to hurt just because of the adjustment. My back was already hurting at the hotel, so I need that. But, but yeah, it's still not – I still have not adjusted to any beds. That's one of the things about getting older is like everything that's different is like – and now my back hurts for some reason. <laughs> that's true. All right. Uh, speaking of getting older, uh, let's start off with a couple that, you know, is encouraged to grow up, and that's Emily and Kobe. So Emily and Kobe are just trying to have fun, so they go horseback riding. Kobe has never really been around horses before, but he's doing actually pretty well. Kobe thinks that this is a good experience, and he appreciates that Emily and him can put aside their differences to make their most of their time together. Emily is now starting to think about planning their wedding 30 days in, which means asking her parents for some money. She sits down with her parents and kind of beats around the bush saying they're worried about money, but then goes in for the ask. David, her dad, takes a deep breath. They were expecting this. But he still thinks that Kobe needs to prove himself because they feel like they just don't know him. They both think that Emily has a choice and she shouldn't just rush into marriage. Lisa, her mom, brings up the barn fight uh, where Kobe tells her to shut the F up, which is news to David. David thinks what he did was disrespectful and says that Kobe can't speak to her that way. Lisa is worried that Emily thinks that marriage will make their relationship better. But we all know that's not Mm -hmm. what happens. Emily says that she has it handled and the only thing she actually needs help with is money. David reluctantly agrees to help with the wedding, but says he doesn't want to keep shelling out money every time they need something. Emily tries to assure them that they won't be asking for money just as soon as Kobe gets a job doing something. This concerns David because they don't seem to have a clue or a plan. Lisa says that she doesn't, uh, that Emily really doesn't have a clue about living in the real world and having to pay bills. And Emily kind of rolls her eyes and says, okay. Later, David has a sit down with Kobe. Kobe is a little nervous because he says David is intimidating. David asks Kobe what his plan is, and really, he means financially. And Kobe says that he'd like to, you know, join David in his business someday. David is an architect, and he's asking Kobe what kind of degrees or training he has. And Kobe says he graduated high school. David then tells him that he'll need to go back to school, and that is going to cost some money. Kobe very proudly tells David about the $4,000 he saved up and brought over, and he kind of wonders if Emily even told her parents about it, but David said that isn't going to get them very far in America. Kobe looks kind of disappointed, and he's realizing that this money isn't going to help fulfill his promises to Emily. David tells them that Emily and Kobe need to sit down and budget. David also points out that Emily has no clue how to run a household, so (sighs) they're going to need to talk about finances. All right, so why do you think that David and Lisa kind of act like they're going to, like, baby bird them, like, they're, you know, first of all, spoon-feeding them everything, but then it sounds like in a couple months they're just going to straight up kick them out of the nest. Oh, my God, no. I would bet all of my money that they've been threatening to kick Emily out every three months since she was 19. Like. That's just that because she's so spoiled. Oh my god! Oh, she Everyone is. in this was so infuriating. Like mm-hmm. this entire scene, literally everybody just infuriated me. 
her when she asked for the money. And then when she got it, did a little shitty and grin. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm, I knew you'd give it to me. Mm-hmm. Like, and then the dad and the mom being like, oh, we we're going to put down our foot. Oh, Emily isn't good with finances. She doesn't know how to pay bills. Whose fault is that? Who was right. supposed to teach her that shit? It was you. Yeah. yeah. Like, the reason she's like that is because you keep giving her money. Like I kept imagining like if I was freeloading off of my dad and went to him and asked him for money for a wedding, he would laugh in my face. It wouldn't be like a discussion. It would just be like, the fuck are you thinking? Like, Well, I also doubt you – you have the relationship where you're freeloading off your dad in the first place. That's also true. I definitely, yeah. I was actually, I told the story. I think that my dad, even when he was a kid, but that we're the kind of family where it would have been like, yeah, you get like three months and then somebody shows up with a with a phone number on a card and is like, yeah, that's your boss. You're starting on Monday. <laughs> why doesn't Emily have a job? I didn't understand why this whole conversation was at Kobe. What's your plan? What's Emily's plan? I why can't know. she work? What's going on? Yeah. She would probably claim like, oh, well, I have to mother Coben. Oh, yeah, because he won't leave the boob. I, it, I don't – she can work and she needs to work. They both need to work, especially when they have free daycare sitting there in the form of Lisa. Like it's crazy. And like even Kobe, like first of all, yeah, it, I felt kind of bad for him because he really thought he was doing something with that $4,000. He was really proud of himself for that. And like we're all like, yeah, that's like three months rent. Like yeah. that's not going very far. but. And you feel bad for him for not knowing that. But again, whose job was it to know that? They have Google in Cameroon. Like he could have found right. out how much rent was, right? And then the fact that he didn't even just say he wanted to work for her dad. He said he wanted to, you know, maybe I'll start and then I'll take over your business. Yeah, I was like, ah. Like, uh. And I thought it was really <laughs> funny. David's like, uh, so do you have like a certificate or like a degree yeah. or any kind of education or training? And he's like, no. It's like, okay, you can't just be an architect. Or a civil engineer. That's what he said he was going to be. I did civil engineering back in Cameroon. It's like, oh my God. It's like, you should know these things. You should know better to put off than that. But I mean, this is the conspiracy theory I had. I mean, not really conspiracy. Do you really think it was Kobe's idea to ask, like, maybe I can work for your company? Was that her, his idea or was that Emily's idea? Oh, I don't know. I think maybe it's just... You know, maybe it's more of a cultural thing. I think, you know, especially in uh, societies where there isn't like uh, people don't just normally go to like a university or something. Right. Sure. It's pretty common to apprentice with a close family member. Right. And kind of stay in the family business. So I could see Kobe kind of assuming a similar thing like, oh, Emily's family is pretty well off. I'll just get into the family business. I mean, yes, yes and no. I mean, you, you you can say it's a cultural thing, but we have, you know, Libby and Andre and Chuck here bringing Gosh. all his kids into the family business. So, I mean, it definitely – that kind of nepotism definitely exists in the States too. Sure, um, sure. But I just think I, – I just feel like it was like, what job can I have? And I think Emily was – I could see Emily being like, well, what you need to do is you need to ask my dad if you can work for his business. Right. that's the way that you can get a job um, because she doesn't – when she needs anything, the only way she knows how to get it is to ask her dad apparently. I know, which is just so ridiculous to me. I mean, I will say I rewound it and watched it like three times when she said the way she did it. Because she was doing that annoying asking thing where she wasn't going to ask it first. Yeah. Like, Things are kind of hard. And, you know, it's really about the money. And as soon as she said the word money, like both of the parents' heads snapped up and looked at her. And I'm like, <laughs> I already know where this train is going. <laughs> yeah, I thought she was definitely being around the bush like, oh, I wish we weren't so worried about money. It's like, oh my gosh, yeah. you're so transparent. Do kids know that they're that transparent when they're asking for something? They have no idea. They think they're being slick. And every time they're like, can we just get to the part where you're asking for money? Because I already know that's where this is going. <laughs> yeah. And let's, let's move on. Yeah, but it's just like and everybody – this is one of those situations where I just felt like everybody was wrong. Everybody is wrong. You were wrong. Emily is wrong. The parents yeah. are wrong for continuing to enable it. Kobe's wrong for like making these weird assumptions and not doing any research. Like everybody is wrong. Right, right. I don't think you're wrong in this. I do think everyone's wrong. All right. Well, we actually – this a lot of places in this show I felt like everyone was wrong. So let's go to another one where – yeah, pretty much everybody's still wrong. And that's Jabri and Miona. 
All right. So David and Jabri are still fighting from the time before. They're like rolling on the ground and doing stuff. And eventually, Space Cash has to put his guitar up to try to actually earnestly break up this fight. <laughs> so then Jabri runs into the bathroom and Brandy tries to comfort her, but he slams the door in her face. And uh, so they all go back to David, who's he's ranting about Miona doesn't let Jabri be him or whatever. And I just as we're going through this, I just want to remind you. This fight is because Jabri wanted to text Miona, hey, I'm turning my phone off for a while. Like, uh, he does. wanted to text her that before turning off her phone instead of just turning off his phone. That's the entire crux of this fight. <laughs> All right. So anyway, but Jabri ends up coming back and he just kind of wants to ignore everything and just get to work and put his mind on something else. And uh, they don't really let him do that right away, which seems silly to me. That sounds like an excellent plan to me. But eventually they're all like, yo, this – producer in the studio is costing us by the hour so we should stop fucking around and get to work <laughs> so anyway so they do get to work and the energy gets a lot better because they actually do seem to enjoy working together and they like the music that we're making um so they make it and then they listen to it with the producer and everybody's really grooving and dancing and it that seems to go really well so jabri takes the time at the end to apologize for losing his cool an apology that notably to me at least david does not return uh, mm. but Jabri also didn't seem like he felt he was owed an apology because he kind of then just goes off and says basically what they're all afraid of. Like, I kind of did give up the band for me, for you, for Miona. So then we flip to Miona and my favorite thing, of course, and we haven't seen it in a long time, wedding dress shopping. It makes a lot of sense, even though they haven't really done any kind of wedding planning at all besides her calling a bunch of places that are booked because she is in Chicago and you're definitely going to be able to find a better wedding dress in Chicago than Rapid City. <laughs> so <laughs> – yeah. She doesn't have many people around, so it's just Brandy going with her. Um, they became pretty close while she was kind of touring around with Jabri on tour. So, of course, the budget is a big concern. And we don't actually see any price tag, but she does that like, you know, it'll cost what it costs, whatever my dreams, blah, blah, blah. So she's trying on the first dress and she fills Brandy in on the details about how things are going in Rapid City. Her concern is that Jabri is always trying to play the middle ground of everybody and isn't taking her side enough. So she asked how things went in the studio where Brandy was like, hey, got in a fight for you? So, yeah. you know, but still is mostly just trying to keep the peace. So we go to more to David and Jabri and now they go out to the Serbian restaurant and drink some rakia and, and, you know, try to hash things out. So Jabri says he's the most mad. The reason he's the most mad is because maybe David is right and this relationship is a terrible idea. So David says that, you know, he does that stupid, annoying person thing where he's like, I should, nobody should be mad at me. I'm just spitting the truth. I'm just telling everybody the truth. It's all mm. good. Um, so, but he does want them to succeed. Mm. <laughs> David wants to know that, you know, she, if, if he wants to know, are she supporting you? Is she giving you what you need? And <sighs> Jabri kind of goes off on a, a, Tangent that I hope Miona never sees, but we know she will because this is on TV. <laughs> because he's pretty much like goes on this whole long talking point about how he needs to be creative and she just always wants to chill. And he's she's kind of keeping him from where he needs to be in terms of his creativity. And what does David think you should do? And I thought he would just be like, we should break up with her, dude. But he actually surprises me a little bit by saying just take some extra time. But now, you know, Jabri is totally, totally full of doubt. Uh, so, I mean, do you I – mean, is this just Jabri kind of going with the breezes of whoever's standing in front of him right now? Or do you think he actually has deep-seated doubts that are going to kind of stay when Miona is the person that's sitting in front of him? Yeah, I think that he really does have these doubts. Um, but I think he also maybe comes to the understanding or the acceptance that just – they're going to be together, just she might not always be happy with what he chooses or his actions. I suppose, but I don't know. Like, she seems to – and that's what I guess is a little bit different is we don't quite know how really demanding she is because mm -hmm. she's pretty demanding right now, but right now he's literally all she has, right? right. So what else what, – what, the only way to be is demanding. I mean, honestly – I know she's asked for something big, and maybe it's because it seems so unrealistic to me, but yeah. 
you know, it doesn't seem like she's all that demanding. Like, she's just like, oh, I want to live, move far away from your parents, and I want to live by the beach. And so, to me, it's not that I'm laughing at her, but it's just like, that's not really realistic. She's going to figure it out pretty soon that that's not going to happen. So, if that's her only demand, I don't think she's all that demanding. No, I... And the other part is like, oh, yes, the demanding is the beach wedding and moving to whatever idyllic Southern California beach she wants to move to, mm-hmm. right, is that. That's the demand she's making. But I also think she puts off this other total vibe that he's feeding off of, of being like resentful of any time he's not, he's not spending with her, especially time that he's spending with David. And yeah. to be with other people in the band, maybe not, maybe not Brandy so much, but specifically to be, which I can't, can't say I actually blame her for because he's kind of a shithead. Yeah, where's his twin sister? Like, I feel that she just needs a support system that is not part of Jabri, right? And I think if she meets other possibly Serbian people that she can communicate with oh, yeah. um, and like have as like a girlfriend there, like maybe she wouldn't like have her whole life revolve around Jabri. And, you know, and I think this is a lot of a problem of the foreign partners that come over here. It's not always or necessarily the cultural clash or it's just the fact that they simply miss home. They miss their friends and family. They don't have anyone here. So it's kind of natural for their life to revolve around their partner. And I think that manifests in a way that's not always that healthy, you know, with them also trying to isolate their partner, even though, you know, they're surrounded by friends and family. So I think if she has like someone and I think, you know, if David's sister's around, I mean, she's Serbian, you know, she's a girl, that would be a good start. It definitely has not helped that the one Serbian connection that is obviously there right. is someone who's actively trying to break them up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. And then so I get, I, I get her being like, I don't want you hanging around that guy. And we've, we see a lot of, I don't want you hanging around those people in this, in this yeah. episode. Um, this one seems the most reasonable to me because he's like, he actively is trying to break you up from me. <laughs> like, right. It's, it's not like he's crazy, but like, I also don't get, and this is another thing that comes up repeatedly is in this one, why why do people think so little of the people they care about? Like David is like, I don't know, man. She she gave you brain worms and now you're you're not you and she turned you into something else. Like, do you really think that's all on her and none of the responsibility for that falls on Jabri? Yeah. Like he just, he just blame this other person for you being so soft minded that you turned into a completely different person because boobs, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's just I I think they're both not wrong about assessing the situation. Um, I do think there is a level of uh, David's root issue is that she's taking him away from them. I don't know if you would get as much protest if Jabri was dating someone who was very, very wrong for him, but at the same time, very permissive in terms of how he spends his time. Yes, yes. He, if he was dating somebody that was absolutely horrible for him and taking all of his money and abusing – but she let him hang out with the band all the time, yeah. they'd be cool with it. They'd be yeah. totally fine with it. Yeah. Right. Okay, uh, let's move on to another couple uh, whose friends are maybe getting in the way a little bit, and that's Eve and Muhammad. So, Muhammad is annoyed because Eve got home later than she said she would after a night out with her friend. Eve is feeling stressed because she feels like she has to live by all these rules all of a sudden. Eve tries to explain to Muhammad that she needs some friend time. Muhammad doesn't know why her friends are worried about her. He feels like her friends are poisoning her mind. She reiterates that she will not be converting to Muslim. They start talking over each other in some very hard to follow, you know, arguments about, you know, you said you would do this. You said you would do this. Why don't you accept me? And Muhammad asks if she feels like she's going to lose who she is with him. Eve thinks his religion is too confining for her. Mohammed wants her to at least respect his culture. 
Mohammed thinks he has always been clear about who he is, and Eve also wants to be clear that he's not in a Muslim country and she's not Muslim. Mohammed thinks that she came to visit him four times, and who he was then was exactly who he is, so she really shouldn't be surprised. And she objects, saying that that wasn't really real. That was vacation, and she didn't get to see him in normal day-to-day stuff. Muhammad thought that she was ready to start a new life with him, meaning that she was willing to change. Muhammad isn't going to change who he is, and he's concerned about who Eve will listen to him, uh, to, to him or his friends. All right, so what do you think Eve's going to do? Do you think she's going to listen to him or her friends? And also, I, I'm still confused why both of them thought the other was going to change when it's They've made it pretty clear that that's not the case. Yeah, I guess it also depends on what the definition of change is. Because mm-hmm, sure. I thought, I mean, to me, I thought that Muhammad here came off as a total psychopath. Like, <laughs> sure. And he does. It's it's partially because he doesn't have, he has that, that emotional level. I am just saying that I am not going to change. And I don't want you to know how I change that, that monotone voice he yeah. has. That monotone, like, you know, kind of high-pitched voice. Definitely sounds like a Bond villain voice already. <laughs> and when you back that up with, like, he's asking her to change who she is, mm-hmm. right? Do you, you can't wear this. You can't go out with, you, with your friends. You can't drink. You can't blah, 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 blah. You should convert to Islam, right? Those are things that are actual changes to her. Yeah. She's asking him to change only in that he not demands someone else to do something. Mm-hmm. That's not change. She's not actually asking him to change anything about himself, except for he defines himself by what he allows his partner to do. It's mm-hmm. crazy to it's crazy to me. Yeah, like, and that he just thinks that's a defining part of himself is what Eve wears to the beach. Like, and that's and so who's asking who to change? I, you know, I think it's just who's who he's associated with. Right? He doesn't think of himself as being partnered or associated with such a liberal person. Yeah, well, then both of them are so crazily mistaken about what the situation is that obviously the best thing to happen is he's like, I'll just go back to Egypt. And it's like, yeah, that's what should happen. That is exactly what should happen. Because I definitely don't get the impression that he wants to be here that badly. No, I don't think he cares about America at all. No, I don't think so either. I think, and I think especially after being here, he didn't realize it was this different from his country and this liberal. For real. And I think that really, I don't know, like speaks to him in a very negative way. Yeah, I think that, again, this is someone who didn't prepare, right? Like, what did you think it was going to be like? Because I feel like you can you can consume American media. Like you should have some sort of idea what people are like in America. But I feel also feel like there's the same thing that happened with the guys that got last week, the guys in the mosque when they were asked about him were like, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really gonna have to adjust his expectations <laughs> dramatically right. if he's gonna be able to stay here. Yeah. But I think just in their relationship, I just can't believe that. It To me, it just seems a little unfair that Eve just expected like, oh, well, I'll remove him from his culture and then he'll just adapt, right? Which means not asking him or not asking her to do anything and to kind of, you know, have a say in their relationship. Well, I mean, it's up. Yeah, it's obviously a communication thing because like at some point they will say, be talking about a specific thing. And they will say different things about that thing, yes. right? Like, I promised – you promised me you'd never wear a bikini again. I never said that. Like, right. one of the two of them is wrong, Yeah, right? I don't know which one. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know. I think she's going to end up listening to her friends because I think she, it's like like minds stick together, right? Sure. Her friends are what she's really thinking about the situation. Totally, totally. And – I just, I also just think that it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. Because she, and I think you're right. She seeks out her friends and she's friends with her friends because they already are kind of on the same wavelength for things like this, for for all kinds of things, but including things like this. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's not like what he thinks where you're going to talk to these friends and again, you're weak minded and they're poisoning your mind against me. 
Right. Right. And that, that, so, you know, his, his option is not going to be like, wow, this person is a different person than I thought they were. They're yeah. much more liberal than I thought they were. It's going to be, I got to keep her away from these mind poisoning harpies that are destroying my relationship right. and poisoning my honey. Yeah. Uh, I think kind of the X factor here uh, that we haven't seen too much is how Muhammad really feels about being a stepdad to Theron. You know, if he really loves it and Theron really loves him and they have a really great relationship, I can 100% Eve not being able to walk away from this relationship because, you know, how has dating been, you know, uh, with her son that she has to take care of yeah, and has, you know, more needs than your average child. And so I think finding a partner um, that is going to accept that and take on that responsibility, I think I can only imagine is a challenge to find. And I could see her really valuing that over these other things that, you know, she could probably see herself working through. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think it's tricky because I'm kind of associating it's a different factor because of their special needs. That mm-hmm. he's not – you're not going to be quite as worried about some of the cultural things. Like I wouldn't want – I couldn't have somebody as a stepmother to my daughters that was – that wanted to teach them or thought that the right role of women is to get into a relationship and be like another mother. Like yeah. I would be like, no, I don't want you teaching that to my daughters at all, mm-hmm. and I don't want that around. Um, and but you know those kind of moral lessons, that cultural thing, is not quite going to have the same impact um, for Theron because you know because of his special needs. Mm-hmm. And so it's not as much of a concern in that aspect of the, of the relationship. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess it is worrisome. Is she in the you know the sad place of this is the best I can do? Mm-hmm. Right. And there's nothing else, you know, is, is this my last chance at love? Oh, gosh. And then she'll stay, feel settled for things she shouldn't settle for. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I I would like to see more of their relationship on the show. Yeah. Sure. Because, it, I mean, I, I think it's just so funny that we've barely seen them, like, Theron on the show and, like, how he feels about Muhammad or how Muhammad feels about him. And to me, that's much bigger deal than, you know, what the friends think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. How their relationship goes is is as important. But I don't know if you're going to get the – well, the other thing too is I mean, it's a TV show and mm-hmm. they don't want to bring in – you don't want to have drama involved with this. With, you know? Right. I, I get that they're not trying to – they're trying to avoid exploiting him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Totally. All right. So let's move on to the other – relationship with kids and that's Bilal and Shida. So Bilal is off um, with his son to play some ball. So that leaves his daughter Zaina to stay with um, Shida and maybe learn some traditional Trinidadian dishes since it's it's his weekend with the kids. And, you know, this is like her first time to be show off her mother, to try out for motherhood. So they start with the cooking and they they talk about the, you know, how they do, how they do things in Trinidad and the cooking. And it gets very weird very quickly because Jeannie says, you need to wash the chicken like you wash your lady parts. That was so concerning. Is, I was like, what? And then, the? to watch, and then when you watched how she washed the chicken, yes, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> very, <laughs> very aggressively washing that chicken. Like oh to the point God. where it fell into pieces and everything. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> this is, they do things very different in Trinidad, I guess. But anyway, uh, it, it's just awkward for everyone. But things get better. When they, you know, mutually can complain about how particular Bilal is about cleanliness, which Zayna also is bothered by because she's like, I'm messy too. Um, oh, so then they kind of they kind of start talking about the thing that's been bothering Shida, how they keep referring to her by her first name instead of what she want to be called, which is Umi. So she tried to explain to Zayna that. Yes, the word kind of means mom, but it doesn't mean mom in the way you think of mom. It's just kind of what you call every adult woman, like every adult woman is unique, like that you have any kind of relationship with. And Zaina's like, I get it. Still feels weird. And I'm going to call you shy up. So she's disappointed, but is hoping she can baby step her way into that into that role. So later on, after some prayer time, it's um, time for the it's time for family day and having some fun outside. 
So China thinks that, you know, maybe wedding shopping would be fun, but Bilal doesn't actually want to do all that much wedding planning. And he tells us in, in an interview, it's because he wants to talk about the prenup first, but he's not going to bring that up today because today mm-hmm. is family fun day. So he doesn't want to stress. And the activity that he's chosen is scooters on the river walk. So he gets a bunch of, he gets, you know, rents some scoop, rents a bird scooter for everybody. Cause as we can attest, they are everywhere in Kansas City. Oh my City. gosh, they were everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they're everywhere in a lot of cities, but they were very everywhere. And they do it and they get on the little path by the river and they go up and down. I thought they would actually go down the path because I know the I path know. that they're on. It goes the whole length of the river and they just kept going past this same hundred yards. I was very confused. But I guess it makes a little bit more sense when you realize that Shida cannot ride this scooter at all. <laughs> yeah. She crashes. She won't go fast enough. And she doesn't want to – she didn't like the idea at all, but she didn't want to kill the vibe. So at some point, they take a, she takes a break to sit down on a rock and um, she talks to Bilal. So he wants to check in with like, oh, how are you doing um, with, you know, blending into America and adjusting. And she was like, yeah, America's fine. But, you know, it's kind of hard to get in the way with you because – Getting along with you because you're particular and fussy, which he gets defensive about. And then <laughs> – Surprise, surprise. Yeah, eventually, he says that every time – she tells him when they start talking about, I'm not fussy. The dishes just need to go in the right place. Like, so she feels like that every time they have a conversation, it feels to her like he's trying to win the conversation. Then they go to an interview and he told us, which I found hard to believe, that he's never had so many arguments with any person ever. I also found that hard to believe. I was like, liar. Yeah. He's a very argumentative person. Yes. Like, he I'd is. be shocked if he doesn't have arguments with people all the time. Um, and he doesn't get why every, every conversation – actually, I take that back. I'm gonna, we'll get to it later. He doesn't understand why every conversation turns into an argument. Uh, he's nagging or particular or whatever. It doesn't end well because now she's all up in her feelings and he's like, do you want me to leave? And says yes and gets up to give her space. All right. So let's start with that. I mean, what do you think the reason is? Because I have my reasoning. Why he thinks that no one ever disagrees with him. Well, I think that he's either had two kinds of people in his life. Um, He's had ones that just, you know, give in to everything that he's ever said. Or he has had people who just like get over things rather quickly, Mm -hmm. you know? And so he, in his mind, I don't know. I think he's delusional in the first place because let's be real here. He he thinks all these things are jokes. Like, no, dude, that's not a joke. Like, I I don't know what is going on your mind where you don't see reality for what it is. Yeah. It's like, it's not a joke if what you're saying is something you want to happen. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like you can say it in a jokey way, but he's like, oh, you're really bad at putting the dishes away. He's saying, you're really bad at putting the dishes away and I wish you would do it differently. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, oh, I was just joking around. It's like, I don't know. I think that's often people's like catch all for, you know, like if they feel like they've offended someone. Just just kidding. It was a joke. Well, yeah, and people kidding. kind of preempt that. If they're going to yeah. say something that might offend them, they phrase it kind of in the form of a joke or with mm-hmm. the intonation of a joke so that they can play it off later, right? Yeah. It's 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 a similar thing to the um, you know, the guys who are way too aggressive and it's like, "Oh, we're going to have sex later, right?" Haha. <laughs> like as a joke and be like, "Unless unless right? you're into unless it." Unless you're into it. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, yeah, then we'll do it. But yeah, it's like everything he says as a joke is something that he wants. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my theory is that like everybody kind of knows and, and I think she knows. You're like, okay, I can get into an argument with you. I'm not going to win. You're going to just do whatever. So why would I waste my energy on the argument? Just, okay, yeah. yes, Bilal, sure. Fantastic. Great. Move on. And you're like, right. see, we didn't have an argument. That went swimmingly. <laughs> it's like people just condescendingly uh, – not condescendingly, but like – you know, it just end the conversation because like there's no point in having it. Right. Yeah. And I definitely think he maybe misinterprets people's exha- exhaustion. Yes. Sure. Or like, oh, like that wasn't an argument because I got my way. You right. know? <laughs> yes. I got my way without any struggle. Not an argument. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, what is it with them, Bilal and Shida, having the worst t-shirts ever? Like, did you see <sighs> her Trinidad girl shirt? Did it just say Trinidad girl? No. And it had like – it was like a dictionary. I couldn't read what it was, but oh, it was a it very involved Oh, it had like a definition shirt. of it. Yeah. I don't 
I don't know. One time when I was in college, I got a t-shirt that had like a funny saying on it or something. Mm -hmm. And I wore it like twice and was like, this is awful. I'm never wearing this shirt again. And yeah. then got over that real quick. Because people like stop and read your shirt. And it's like weird to have <laughs> – And okay, maybe it's not weird for, for half of y'all. But for guys, it's weird to have people just stop and stare at your chest. <laughs> Well, what was his like uh, trolling shirt, like blessed or whatever the heck? Uh, I don't know. He always has blessed oh, or be, be, be grateful. Be grateful. Yeah. Oh, just. Oh, gosh. Just, yeah. yeah. Okay. Also, I think that Shida just needs to get over this whole like naming thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like there should be some sort of middle ground because mm -hmm. I get that she just is like, yeah, it feels really disrespectful that you're calling me by my first name. Yeah. Right. Make but, up your own name then. Yeah. Yeah. You could be, I don't know. I don't know. But the Umi thing, because they ruined it because she missed her opportunity. Because it yeah. should have been like when she was like, I think you should call me Umi. And he and Bilal was like, that means mom, right? She should have been like, not really. No, that's not what it means. Right. It's, like, I, I mean, it seems more to me like it's more like auntie or something like that. Like, Yeah. Well, what's auntie in her language? I'm not even knowing what her language is. Don't they speak? They speak English in Trinidad. Yeah, but she has another language, right? Some sort of – I don't know if she speaks Arabic or if there's well, a Creole or something Umi? she speaks. Well, because what is Umi? Like, what is that? Oh, I don't know. There's probably some Creole. I don't want to speak too much on it. But like, you know, kind of one of those – I'm sure there is another language that is kind of yeah, bleeding Yeah, have them call her auntie in the same language Umi's in. There you go. There's your middle yeah. ground. Right. It just – yeah. But I think that – I think that Zayna wasn't as necessarily stuck on the mom thing as much as she was stuck on calling her any pet name. Like, I do not yeah. know you enough to call you a pet name. Sure. Like, that's not a thing. And it, it'd be different if they were younger, but she's like kind of old and she's like, I mean, I, I, and I do get that because I, I mean, because she's a teenager. Could you imagine if you're an adult and somebody came in and was like, I think you should call me. And you're like, nope. If my parents got remarried to somebody, <laughs> like, nope, nope, not going to call you that. You're, right. you're going to be your first name. Like, yeah. that's going to happen. Okay. So, there seemed to be a lot of wedding planning on this episode. So, let's check in with Kara and Guillermo where they're talking about wedding plans. Kara wants to have a courthouse wedding because it's $50 and they don't have any money. Kara wants to get married in another year when they could save money and have Guillermo's family attend. Kara wants to have a dream wedding, and she just knows that there's going to require time and planning for that, and 90 days just isn't enough time. <laughs> so Guillermo points out that in a year, they're going to be saving for other things, like a baby, and there's just always going to be something. Kara asks how much he would want to spend, and he says $2,000. Kara says that's not going to happen here if he wants to have a big wedding. And if he wants to have a big wedding, you're looking at closer to $10,000. Guillermo's confused what happened to the permissive Kara in the DR who said yes to everything. And as soon as they got to America, she has always said no. Where's the Kara he fell in love with? Kara doesn't think it's a good idea to fall in love with a venue just for them to not be able to afford it. But if it gets Guillermo to realize how expensive this whole thing is going to be, she's willing to check out some places and make him happy. So, Kara takes Guillermo to a vineyard to tour. Guillermo is feeling very controlled right now, he tells us in an interview, so he's happy that Kara's at least listened to him and they're actually looking at a place. Kara and Guillermo think the venue is gorgeous, and Guillermo is feeling emotional over how beautiful it is. He even mentioned that he would just cry through the whole wedding. After hearing the venue costs about $7,500 for their cheapest day, Guillermo realizes Kara may be right. Guillermo appreciates that Kara heard him and took him to tour the venue, but he still feels like Kara is controlling. He feels like she has the final word about everything without really consulting him. So then Kara and him do a sit down, and he then brings up how Kara just makes plans with friends and doesn't run it by him. And he feels like the ass, like canceling or, you know, not going with her. Kara encourages him to voice his opinion, but she's confused. She doesn't feel like this is the right time or place to be having this conversation about control when 
you know, she just thinks that he's upset over the fact that, you know, having a big wedding isn't within their reach. Okay, so what do you think Guillermo's really mad about here? Do you think he's mad about, like, not being able to afford this wedding and being wrong? Or is he really mad about this whole thing that he just brought up last minute about, you know, Kara making all the decisions for them? No, I I, I think that it's connected. Um, I think that those – I think that – is exactly I think they're not different, actually. Mm-hmm. That Kara making the decisions is why they had to tour the wedding venue. Yeah. Right? Because she already made that decision that we can't afford this. And he's like, well, did you tell me that? Did you run it by me? Did we decide that? Or did you decide that and then you told me? And like I think that's pretty much everything. Is he's like, since we got to America, everything has been like, I decided this and then I told you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? And part of it and more of most of it is is Stuff that she's not wrong about. Like she clearly wasn't wrong about that. We all knew when he said $2,000, we were all like, you know, like that's not happening. Right? Right. Everybody everybody in America watching the show was like, oh, geez, I see where you're at, guy. Yeah. But – If you added a community like a church or something or a community center, yeah, maybe you could do it for $2,000. Yes. Yes. But that's not what he was looking for. He was looking for some sort of dream thing. But like I just don't understand why Kara – can't let somebody else be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Why can't she go, oh, okay, that's your budget. I'll tell you what. Why don't you next week call some places, see if you can find anything that works, you know, within the 90 days, and we'll look at the options. Yeah. And let them tell him that he's having a pipe dream that's not going to come true. Right. right. Why do you have to be the one who goes, no, that's not going to work. No, no. Like, and I feel like, I feel like we've talked about this enough. I feel like sometimes you do that too, where you're like, not this, in the terms of you go, I think that idea is dumb, but I'm going to let you find that out on your own. (laughs) We're going to go along with it. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Just let the other – why does she – I don't understand her insistence that she has to be the one that does it. Like that was a perfect opportunity and I as a parent always look for opportunities where somebody else gets to be the bad guy and I don't have to be the bad guy. Let the the wedding venue people be the bad guy. Yeah, I think for this particular um, situation, that would have been uh, the best. But I, the thing that I think she might fear is like, oh, he's going to start dumping money into this thing and there's like kind of no turning back. Yeah, and I, well, I don't think he was wrong about his assessment either. Like if we put it off for next year, then next year it's going to be like, oh, but we have to get a house and we're already yes. married. And like and it's never – I agree that he, it's oh, probably never going to happen if, yeah. he, if they put it off for a year. Yeah. Right. Um, but – I just think he wants her – I just think what happens to him all the time is she's like, here's the final decision. And even and – it, and it goes into little things like when it goes out for friends. It's not like, hey, we got invited to go out on, on, on Friday night with so-and-so and so-and-so. Do you, is that something you want to do? Do you want to do something else? Instead, it's like we're going out on Friday night with so-and-so and so-and-so. I already told him yes. Like, And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Right? Like, that's – and that's – Especially when you don't really have control over much because you are new and you are adjusting to the country. Like at least being – pretend to ask me before you say yes to everything mm-hmm. is not too much to ask because it does feel like I'm just being jerked around everywhere. I'm your – I'm all I am. I'm, I'm like your puppy, right? That you're just coming up and around showing off to everybody. Yeah. Well, this is another situation where it's very difficult when your whole world is your partner because you don't have friends and family established in this country. And so, you know, it's just assumed that they're always going to be together because what else does he have to do? And so even, you know, when they were talking about his excuses for not wanting to go out, it's all it was always like, oh, I'm too tired. Because really, what else do you have? It's not like you have work. Right. I mean, uh, the other ones that go, I don't like those people is another one yeah. that comes up that I'm sure right. he didn't say on camera. But it's like, but I could even see on the interview, she is extremely condescending to him. Yeah. Like, she feel like she picked somebody super young because she felt like, well, I'm the older, wiser one and they're going to have to listen to me. Yeah. Right? Because, yeah, like the point where he says something, she's like, okay, yeah. Like <laughs> after he says this whole thing about how he's feeling, she's just like, okay, are you done? Like, and you can just tell she thinks it's so dumb and it's so yeah. condescending to him. It actually drives me kind of nuts. Yeah. I mean, 
honestly, from her perspective, like, why is she that into him? Because, you know, like, there, I was dating a guy that kind of annoyed me that way because I kind of, like, internally felt that, like, oh, my gosh, why are you so dumb? You know, like, that's such a <laughs> right. dumb idea, right? And sure. it was, it became very unattractive after a while. Like, why can't you just be smarter? <laughs> why can't you come up with one smart suggestion just one time? Right? So it's just like, I don't understand like how she's so into him then because that's gotta be unattractive to feel like you're mothering someone. Like, and that person isn't your equal. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just, I based on the other guy we saw her date, I think she really wants to be the smart one in the relationship. But she's well, not. But she's yeah. not that smart. So it's a pretty low bar for where she's got to go down to before she's the smart one in the relationship. Like, oh, can we also talk? We, we talk about clothes. Can we talk about what were these little house on the prairie tent dresses she was wearing this whole time? What That's kind of like trendy. Oh my god! It was like she was like in a muumuu. She was. She's a skinny girl wearing this huge, poofy, long, flowy thing. I was very confused. I actually didn't hate it. I thought the, it was the, pretty fashionable. The skin colored one? Yeah. I know which one you're talking about. The one with the puffy oh, sleeves. No, And look like she was wearing a balloon. Yeah, like but I don't know. I think we probably just have different. I mean, she's closer to you than she is to me in terms of like, uh, location. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about East Coast fashion. The fact that Crocs are really in right now, that still blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's mostly Crocs and ripped jeans right now that's but then again that's mostly i mean teenagers. 90s is back in but i wouldn't yeah. lump in crocs with the 90s no crocs were a 2000s thing they just yeah. it's just comfortable like i feel like that's that's still the pandemic fashion holding over of people like i don't care it's comfortable shut up oh my gosh so yeah <laughs> so clearly you all value function over fashion <laughs> that, that's true that's true yeah she's just trying to be a little fashionable uh, i don't hate I that i like it i didn't like it <laughs> all right so, uh, last couple, Patrick and Thais. So, things are rough in Dallas since the, it's the first day, first night, and they didn't have a working water heater. So, Gosh. but Patrick and Thais start talking about, Patrick and John, I'm sorry, start talking about Thais's response to the house, specifically how they both think she's being pretty ungrateful about this gorgeous house they live in. John then kind of abruptly switches over to, hey, does she has, still have tracking on in your phone? Because that was supposed to, uh, that was supposed to turn off when you got to the U.S., right? I don't think it has yet. And it hasn't. The tracking's still on her phone. So Patrick kind of agrees and wants to deal with the issue sooner rather than later. But he also wants to make it go as smooth as possible. So he has a plan. They go out to the dinner where he gives her a present. The present is like lingerie with like fur that she thought was a cat. Oh, God. It's also weird that she was taking out the lingerie like in the middle of this restaurant. Just like, oh, look at this one. And look at this one. <laughs> but – after she uncovers the lingerie, there's an iPhone under there. So she's really excited about the iPhone, but it comes with a condition. New phone means no phone tracking. So she thinks two things. First, this is a little too clever of him. And two, <laughs> yeah, I want you to keep your location on. She, she doesn't feel good that she doesn't, it doesn't feel good that she doesn't trust him, but then she mentions there's some reasons that she doesn't trust him. And then we get a little story. So it turns out when they first started being together, Patrick made out with another girl a little bit. That's what they say in the restaurant. But then he says it in an interview about what happens. And it sounds way worse because it sounds like they would have had sex if he didn't have whiskey dick and couldn't yeah. do it. <laughs> right. So yeah, maybe a little bit more than just making out. So Thais brings up how – I guess it was like six months after this or six months after they drew together. He was looking at this ugly bitch's Instagram and also messaging her. Yeah, she it was it was Thais that shed, and I don't get it. She was ugly. She was just so ugly. I don't. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that. It was more. So it was a while ago, but she's still clearly not over it. So he proposes a compromise that if he messes up again, you know, he'll turn the location back on. But she's like, no. If you mess up again, I'm moving back to Brazil. <laughs> so anyway, back at the house, Thais and Patrick, Thais and Patrick are still unpacking when John announces that. Oh, yeah. I, uh, we're throwing a party. Having a housewarming <laughs> party. Like, now, in the house. Um, with a cup with, he says, a couple of co-workers. You know, it was a chance to get to know everybody. So, Thais is not pleased since John and parties are, like, one of the things she didn't want happening at her house. So, 
John says he was stuck, though. He couldn't, like, ask him beforehand because they would have said no. So what else is he supposed to do? Surprise. Surprise party. All right. So then they have a co-worker, Wagner, who comes and, you know, Patrick says he's one of his best friends and he's trying out this translation app and also calls a bunch of for a bunch of random women to the house, which is bad news for Patrick since yeah, it sounds like the party that he kind of hooked up with this girl at before. Yeah. So and he knows how jealous Thais is. So he's like trying to like find a place to look that isn't that there's no woman at and he's like, <laughs> oh, there I and he's very, very stressed out. So anyway, it does turn into as I guess as much of a rager as we ever see on 90 Day Fiance, being that there were shots involved. Yeah. So um, even though the entire party was held in the kitchen, like nobody left the kitchen, uh, eventually Thais drags him out of the kitchen and makes sure he knows that you know, she's got his eyes on him. Even if I'm talking to somebody else, I'm watching you <laughs> before they come back to each, the kitchen and lick each other's tongues like oh, a couple gross. of weirdos. So gross. I've done – Things, but not that. That's so gross. In front of other people, too. <laughs> yeah. All right. She's really so, trying to stake her claim there. Yes, you, oh, that's 100%. I mean, what – is there any solution to this jealousy problem? I like the, keeping the location on is not a solution to her jealousy. No, it really isn't. Um, You know, people have ways around stuff like that. I know of someone who – uh, has his location on and he just bikes to that person's house that he hooks up with. And so <laughs> – He it leaves just, the phone in his place and then bikes somewhere else? Yeah, or something. I don't, I don't know. But it's just like people can get around that fairly easily. Uh, I think this is one of those things where it's just going to take time. I don't know if time while tracking him is really going to solve their problem. You know, and this yeah. is just something that, you know, we've talked about this before. How can you prove that you have changed? You can only prove that you've not changed. Right, right. And I, it's, to me, it's just like I was just imagining if I had location on or if I had somebody else's location on, right? Yeah. It would totally make me more paranoid and more jealous. Like, because mm-hmm. now it's something I can look at. It's something I can check at all times. Where are they now? Why are they taking this long there? How, are, how long are they going to be at the grocery store? Right? Yeah. And I, right now, I don't give a shit. I don't I wouldn't know. <laughs> right? Whatever. Yeah. I, it, it, and so you think of how – and I don't get paranoid. But, you know, if, if you think you're paranoid or it's taking a long time to text back, then it's going to be more stressful and worse if you, like, are wondering literally about all of their movements all day long. Well, I don't know. I think it's that anxiousness though, right? So it's very easy to kind of ramp yourself up and worry and then knowing exactly where they are almost like calms that down right and so then you're calmed down until your brain kicks in you start having those anxious thoughts again and you're ramped back up so i do think that it perpetuates the cycle of keeping you anxious because you know it's like you're really just uh, learning to cope with it by having more information. And if something doesn't, you know, if they're not just sitting at home or doing something, you know, at work, then that's going to make it even worse. But I think like the ultimate goal in this anxious situation would be to come up with other ways for self-soothing, you know, Mm -hmm. not to – Find information out and then that somehow dictates like how you're going to feel or do next. Right. Well, I guess I guess to me it, that, that that's the issue is is if you need information for your soothing, mm-hmm. you're never going to have enough of it. Like, right. There's never going to be enough information yeah. um, to, to fully think because, yeah, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, his phone's been at home, but it's been there home for an hour. It's been home for too long. Maybe he left it somewhere and went somewhere <laughs> else, right? right? As we discussed. Like, and so it just it just seems like a poor way to go about it and yeah. it doesn't it, it, you either have to at this point because you're engaged and you move to america for him mm-hmm. you either have to trust him or you have to break up you can't be in the middle like this it's not going to work yeah no i absolutely agree i think those are the only options i don't know if she sees them as the only options right uh it's interesting i feel bad for her that you know she has a very close relationship with her dad 
Mm-hmm. And she said that part of the reason why she feels this way is because she knows her dad cheated on her mom. And the way she se- sees it is her dad is a really good man that she loves and she's close to, and he's still capable of doing these things. Right. So I get that some of this stuff is outside of Patrick, but that Patrick didn't help the situation by making out with some girl. Right, right, right. I don't know. It just – it all seems very – very interesting. And then, of course, John is just – he just is a shit stirrer. That's all he ever oh, does he is, is stir shit. I, I <laughs> think that he's like, well, let me see if I can do just enough to make her like want to leave. Yeah. But without it being obvious that I'm trying to make it so she wants to leave. I, he just always likes to be like – he just likes to make people uncomfortable. Like even – because even her or whatever, her letting to leave, John's like – he's like, you know, immediately he's like, we're talk. What about the locations? That's still on? Still got the location on? Here's yeah. a sore spot. I'm going to poke it. Poke, poke, poke. poke well, poke, I think poke. it would be different if he actually liked her, but he doesn't like her. I think even as a person, I think he respects the fact that they're in a relationship and he ma- and she makes him ha- Patrick happy. But quite honestly, I don't really even like her as a person either. Like the fact that she um, go- immediately goes straight to, oh, these women are uglier than me. How could Patrick ever, you know, it just right. it has this right. air of like she thinks she's better than everyone else. And I mm-hmm. think she definitely comes off that way. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things like we haven't seen enough of her, I guess. I've seen enough I, of her beer tasting face. That was the oh, most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Yeah, she that's was true. like fluttering her this eye, making beer? this like weird sour face, but not really. I was like, what look is this? No, but so far I'm like, so where what are the positive attributes of her personality? Because we've seen her None. be standoffish. We've seen her be like rude. We've mm-hmm. seen her I like, haven't seen her laugh. I haven't seen her laugh or smile very much. Uh, no, yeah. I think we did. We saw her smile, I feel like, when she got the iPhone. Yeah. But we haven't seen her crack a joke. No. <laughs> you know? So and like, I what, don't what? find her particularly attractive, at least consistently. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she looks different. Like, in the interviews, in, like, you know, old pictures, in, you know, just recent, like, you know, present day ongoings. She doesn't look like the same person. Yeah, I'll give you that. She, she she has a lot of a lot of things going on there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that brings us to our end and our students of the week. Who was your student of the week? Oh, this was so difficult. So like when I was hard. actually looking oh at it, I was God. like, oh my gosh, everyone was like kind of a little terrible this week. They, they um, certainly were. The mm-hmm. least terrible of everyone I thought was Kobe. Uh, you know, he sat through, he was you know, I don't know. And even then, it was like, you were still delusional, but at least you didn't have any issues with your partner. Yeah, I, I did have issues with Kobe being delusional. So I, I moved him down a little bit, especially the part where it's like, you're just talking to this guy and you told him you wanted to take over his business. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to push you out and uh, then like, <laughs> like, oh my God. Um, so I went with again. It was a deep dig because I did look at every one. It was like, nope, yeah. they did this terrible. They did this terrible. They did this terrible. They did this terrible. Oh my god! Now they went through a whole list. So I went with uh, Guillermo for yeah. I think he's young and doesn't know how to put it yet, but at least he's being open about his wants and needs, like and not like trying to play little games with stuff. Sure. So I agree with that. But the reason why I didn't go with Guillermo, because he was definitely second on my list, was uh, just his like, it almost seemed like he was picking a fight after he didn't get his way at the venue. You know, it's like, yeah. why are you bringing this up now? It seems like a weird time. I guess so. And that's that was that was also Kara's <laughs> assessment, too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What about your dunce? I g- class dunce was difficult for another reason because yeah, I know, everybody was terrible. Yeah. So I actually went with Jabri. Okay. Right? And that's because at the end there, when he was talking to David and he was talking to us about like has doubts in the relationship, it actually sounded like he doesn't like Miona at all. And like, it's, I don't understand what you're getting into if you're like, if you could talk like that about the person you're ostensibly supposed to marry. Like, that's not good. <laughs> you should right. not be getting married to that person. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. So, I went with Thais. Like, oh, yeah. the jealousy, just her, you know, we're starting to really see her as a person. And I just don't really like her, to be honest. 
Yeah, and she licks people's tongues. Yeah, that was also disgusting. And she makes weird beer face tasting faces. Oh, that was also bizarre. All right, so what about your life lesson? All right, so I'm definitely on for my life lesson is at, at, at Emily's parents. Oh, like, I feel like mine's going to be the same as yours then. Listen, if 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 someone has been living with you rent-free for their entire adult life, don't pay for their wedding. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, just, uh, just, in the same way. Any more money, just the courthouse is right there. They right. already used up their wedding money. Oh gosh, I know. Well, in the same vein, uh, I was kind of bothered by the fact that they were just complaining the entire time about how Emily doesn't know anything about the oh, real world oh in terms God. of finances. Yeah, that's You can't insane. complain about that and continue to enable them by saying yes to more money. Yes. It's, it, yeah, definitely was like, they kept saying that, and I was like, "Because and of whose you, fault is that? you did that. Yep. It's your fault." It's just like it's, it's you know, hearing people complain about things that they did. It's like, ah, oh, I'm so upset that I I made a huge amount of money last year. My bank account's empty. That's so sad for me. And I'm like, it's because you spent all your money. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, they got to figure things out. So, uh, we are probably. I'm going to guess like about a third into the season oh, you, if they're only 30 days. Uh, you'd think so. But I mean, do you think the season's going to be 27 episodes long? Yeah, good point. Maybe we're about halfway through. Yeah, I'd say about halfway through. All right. Well, we will continue covering this group. And uh, did we miss anyone today? No, we saw everyone, right? No, Ari and Binium were not in this oh, episode. Oh, all right, right. So, uh, yep, it sounds like next week that uh, Binyam has his first fight. So, yeah, that should be entertaining at least. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll see you all next week. All right, see everybody then. Okay, Okay. bye. Bye.